A reminder to our insurance brokers that this episode is eligible for half a CPD point from NEBA. Stay tuned until the end of the episode for details on where you can go to generate your CPD certificate. Welcome to NTI Spotlight. Several days ago, on the 23rd of February 2022, I was joined by a panel of experts to discuss war and strikes risks and sanctions and what they mean for customers and broker partners. Since then, war has broken out between Russia and Ukraine. It's important to understand that this situation will continue to evolve and may have already moved beyond some of the hypothetical situations that we discussed in the podcast. That said, there are some great insights from that panel of experts on those topics. What you're about to hear is the podcast that we recorded on the 23rd of February. Hi, and welcome to NTI Spotlight, the show that shines a spotlight on all things vessels, vehicles, and equipment. I'm your host, Luke Muller, NTI's communications manager, and today we're going to be discussing a very interesting topic. War, sanctions, strikes, what does it mean? What's going on in the world? What do you need to know as a broker, and how is it going to affect your customers? Today, we've got a a panel of experts to take us through what this means. Firstly, we've got Dan Morrison and Andrew Kidd, uh, two of Australia's leading marine insurance specialists who we're lucky enough to have as part of our team of experts here at NTI, both regulars on the podcast. Welcome back, guys. Hi, Luke. How are you doing? Thanks, Luke. Good to be back. We also have Janelle Green, NTI's Chief Customer Officer, who keeps us all focused on delivering the best outcomes for our customers and broking partners here at NTI. Thanks for being here, Janelle. Great to be here. Thank you, Luke. And to lead our discussion today, we have Nigel Rush, NTI's Head of Underwriting Expertise. Nigel always asks the interesting questions, so over to you, Nigel. Thanks, Luke. Really looking forward to this. It's a very interesting topic. We've seen several nations, including the US and the UK, introduce increased sanctions on Russia, including businesses and individuals. What does this mean for marine insurers, brokers and policyholders? I might throw to you first, Andrew. The events recently in the Ukraine have brought two things of importance to the insurance market at the moment. Um, Firstly, sanctions. Sanctions are the main news topic, it seems, with sanctions being thrown around from the US, Australia, the UK, the UN. So this is a good opportunity to talk a little bit about what those sanctions mean for marine cargo policies, what they can mean for policyholders, brokers and underwriters, and then also the more serious topic of war. Now, we know marine cargo policies all have coverage for war, But there's also the war cancellation and the war and strikes variation clauses, which could come into effect as well. So it's a good opportunity just for brokers to revisit those clauses, how they all work, and what you'd need to do if things actually deteriorate in that part of the world. Dan, what else can you say in respect of these sanctions that are being imposed now? So sanctions regimes are in place currently for various locations around the world, and um, in our cargo policies and in, in most policies these days, you'll find a, a sanctions exclusion clause. So under the sanctions regimes, there's an obligation 
for everybody who trades into those parts of the world to make sure that they're not in breach of sanctions. Uh, and within our policies, we have a, a sanctions exclusion clause, which says we won't make any payments or transact in any way, uh, which puts us as as an entity in breach of any sanctions. So from an insurer point of view, we, we have to make sure that we're monitoring and aware of what sanctions are in place and make sure that we um, check with our customers and make sure in terms of cargo, we have to also check on our customers' customers to ensure that we're not going to breach any sanctions if we're making claims payments or uh, transacting policies. And there's also an obligation on brokers. At the same time, they have to ensure that they're not in breach of any sanctions when they're uh, dealing with their customers or their customers' customers when it comes to cargo. Uh, and again, there's that obligation on anybody importing and exporting to uh, monitor the situation, understand their requirements and uh, the changes to the sanction law and ensure that they're trading uh, appropriately under their country's laws and, and regulations. I think the interesting thing I find about sanctions and why does a marine cargo policy get tied up in these sanctions is that the cargo policy actually facilitates the breach of the sanction. And in arranging that policy, we therefore become um, assistance to breaching the, the sanctions that have been put in place. So it's a unique sort of aspect that it, not everyone comes across at first, but that's why we can actually face the penalties as well as the broker and the insureds. So it's not just the customers that are breaching the, the sanctions themselves, it's also the insurers and brokers who have facilitated that breach. It sounds like uh, it's an opportunity for brokers to be, really be taking on a review time with their customers. Janelle, how would uh, brokers or customers know that this might be affecting them? What sort of communications do NTI have in place to help? It's really important for brokers to talk to their customers, understand the exposures that could be relevant. Uh, we will stay informing our customers. We always do that at NTI. We're the market leader in marine and we have the largest team of local experts here in Australia. So we make it a point to be in constant communication with our broking partners. We share a lot of information via things like podcasts, also on um, LinkedIn. We'll be sending communications if this came out um, and was important and, and we needed to inform our brokers. Uh, it would depend on how big the issue is, whether we talk to brokers individually one by one or whether we need to be more broad scale because it affects a lot of brokers and a lot of customers. But as you know, NTI always makes a point of communicating with our customers regularly and tries to make sure that we provide the expertise needed at any point in time on subjects like these that might be a little bit more esoteric, that might only affect marine cargo and a small number of our, our customers and brokers. But um, we think it's very important to be constantly helping our brokers understand this. Thanks, Janelle. Dan, I might just ask you, what actually will happen if a conflict breaks out? Uh, what sort of impact is this going to have on marine policies, especially cargo? So if a conflict does break out, from a customer perspective, there's obviously a level of uncertainty. Understanding, A, what's happening to uh, the goods that they're trading and transacting, and B, what's happening in that country and the impact under their insurance. As a standard from a cargo insurance policy perspective, war coverages and strikes coverages are included within within the policy. The interesting piece from an underwriting point of view is that we can only underwrite at the time 
of being presented the risk. So the situation that we uh, the, that is in place at the time that we receive the request to underwrite the risk is is how we um, how we price and uh, cover the customer's goods. So within the policy, we also have uh, what's known as the the war cancellation clause and also an ability on the strikes as well um, to issue notice of cancellation uh, for the coverage that, as I said, is a standard under the policy at the time of underwriting. Now, in a lot of cases, the intent isn't to necessarily just flat out exclude those coverages, but um, it'll mean that we have the opportunity to review the situation, talk to the customer and understand the exposure specifically in the part of the world that they're exposed to uh, and either reprice or recover the goods uh, appropriate to the exposure that's being presented. So um, and it's probably worth pointing out, so even though we say that war coverage it's, it is provided as a standard under most cargo insurance policies. Uh, that coverage is, is while goods are at sea or on an aircraft. So any sort of uh, act of war, any damage to goods due to a, an act of war on land is a standard exclusion under most policies. So if we start to talk about the need to cancel and amend different coverages, it's, it's really for that specific area uh, that's affected by um, the conflict or the war uh, and for the goods that are at sea or on an aircraft. It's it's you know, quite a, a specific piece of the policy. Um, and that's where we would, if we were to go down that path, we would target that area. Uh, the rest of the policy would remain unchanged. So one of the important things to note around the war and strikes cancellation is that it, it is usually, at least for a very specific area that's noted in the cancellation. So in the past, we've come across questions where people can think that the cancellation applies to the whole policy and to the full cover for the policy. So to help everybody understand, the cancellation will refer to a very specific region. The the general cover under the policy, so you know the, the, the policy covers accidental loss or damage, that part of the policy coverage remains in place. And the cancellation for war and or strikes will be noted for a specific region um, or a specific area. Uh, and it's for shipments going to, from, or within that area. Uh, and the cancellation will apply for shipments uh, commencing, usually it's it's a seven day notice of cancellation. So all shipments commencing after that seven day period. So anything that starts uh, in the meantime, full cover applies. Uh, and the war on strikes, as I said, the war on strikes cancellation, it only applies to that very specific region. So if you have customers shipping all over the world, uh, the war on strikes coverages remain in place and are totally unaffected. Um, and even, as I said, even the the rest of the cover provided by the policy, that's unaffected across the whole policy, including the noted region uh, where the war on strikes cancellation is being applied. I think the important thing here is it's not just an NTI policy. This is every insurer globally has the same clauses in their policy wordings. Um, we know other insurers in other parts of the world that we've been talking to, they're all having exactly the same considerations that we're having. So it's not unique in our policy wording. It's actually the way the market works is to protect policies from being overexposed when things that you don't know when you write the policy actually occur. That's good to know that it's an international clause. So this is not something that's just unique. How will that uh you know, sort of translate into an actual scenario for a customer. So if I'm a NTI marine cargo customer, what would that mean for me when you, this is issued, when the war clause is issued? 
so we'd actually issue war cancellation. So it's a cancellation of the coverage provided by the Institute War Clauses and the Institute Strikes Clauses. Now, we provide seven days' notice of that cancellation, so there's another seven days of cover before that particular clause ceases to be provided. Now, it's important to note that the main clause of the policy, the Institute Card Clauses A, for example, will still remain operative. So the goods will still be covered against normal perils. It's just the war and strikes cover that we're talking about here. Now, should ourselves or other insurers issue cancellation on war and strikes cover, it then gives the time to renegotiate buying back that coverage at rates that are reflective of the circumstances at the time. That's really what this is about, is our, our policies all include coverage and it's costed into the premiums, but it's quite a small price at the moment. As exposures increase, then those rates would increase with it and we would reinstate that coverage, but at agreed rates at the time, depending on where the goods are going to, what type of goods they are, all the normal sort of factors there. It certainly sounds like something that uh, marine brokers would be maybe used to. Has this ever happened before where these war clauses have been enacted? Dan, I know that you've worked in the international market. Can you remember the last time this has happened? So in my my career, the last time we talked about this and we did actually issue some cancellation and reinstatement was uh, when Iran, uh, there was a conflict or there was some uh, issues around shipments going past Iran uh, three or four years ago. Um, prior to that, I hadn't seen it in, you know, in, in my 24 years of career. That was the only time I'd uh, utilised the war cancellation clause. And I think in that case, there wasn't a, a customer that we didn't reinstate the cover for. Um, that requested the reinstatement. It was just uh, an amendment of the terms. I'll try not to give my age away here, but uh, I do recall an entire market cancellation being given in 1990 when the Gulf War erupted. Um, And at that stage, we did issue war cancellation on every policy we had at the time. Now, information has changed dramatically since back then, I must say. Um, We were relying on newspapers and information from telephone calls around the world as to what could potentially happen. Um, And I think in hindsight, that was an overreaction. But that was one time when the entire market in Australia all followed each other and every insurer issued it to every single policy. And I remember distinctly walking around to brokers' offices with a big wad of cancellation letters for every individual policy and dropping them off to the brokers and explaining what was happening and what the reinstatement process would look like. It is a rare thing that happens, absolutely, um, which is why things like this podcast are so important to make brokers aware of these things happen in policy wordings. They will happen across the market and don't be scared to ask questions if you don't understand it. You did give your age away with that you know, <laughs> delivery by paper. <laughs> I know. Yes, the uh, delivery of uh, notices have certainly moved on a little bit since 1990. So in that respect, though, what do brokers need to do right now? What What's the best course of action for them to be looking at taking right now? Dan, I might throw to you first. I think what Janelle said earlier, it, that communication piece is critical. So customers who have an exposure to that region or are concerned about what's going on, discussing it with the broker and and these sorts of uh, information sharing um, pieces are are excellent to get brokers thinking and and looking at uh, any of their customers that might have an exposure, talking to them about what's going on, uh, the potential changes to their policy 
and also getting their view of the true exposure and the true risk. I think if we decide to go down the path of, or if any insurer decides to go down the path of issuing war cancellation, the next step is having a conversation about what's the exposure in the part of the world that we're cancelling that cover for so that we can re-underwrite that specific risk uh, and return that cover to the policy at the appropriate terms and conditions. But as with everything, and, and it's such a dynamic situation and it, a very specific part of the world, um, it's really about understanding what's going on with individual customers who have an exposure there and how, A, the broker can support that customer and B, if we're the insurer of them, how we can provide the protection and continue uh, the policy coverage that they require uh, going forwards. I think it is important not to panic. Mm. It's not something that happens very often. All insurers will take uh, a lot of time and care in making this decision. Um, no one's rushing to make it yet. What's some of the decision-making process that we'd go through? We're staying in contact with insurers around the world, so we're understanding what their views are. Thankfully, Australia doesn't have an enormous trade relationship with Russia or Ukraine, so the level of cargo moving in that part of the world for our customers isn't significant. We do have a lot of customers that are involved, we know that, but the numbers aren't that significant that we are concerned about it at the moment. And the reality is a lot of trade in that part of the world is ceased anyway. Ships started moving away from there weeks ago. Uh, so keep it in perspective, but it's a good chance to understand what your clients are doing and just revisit those that you know that do trade in those parts of the world. What are their contingency plans? Have they, have they actually change their trade routes and they're buying things from other parts of the world and has the policy coverage kept up with their changes they've made. But it's just a good chance to talk to your customers and understand have they got exposures there, have they got things that we need to have a chat about. It's a good chance to revisit understanding the clauses in the marine cargo policy, educating junior brokers in your team, getting people to listen to the great NTI podcasts. It certainly sounds like the sanctions being imposed are really the foremost uh, area for customers and our brokers to be looking at and th reviewing right now. So in wrapping up, what would be the message? Understand your customers. The, the you're right, the sanctions one is the, the bigger piece at the moment. Now, just to remind everyone, our sanctions exclusion clause, as other policies in the market are all the same, they all have the United Nations, Australian European Union, United Kingdom and United States of America as the sanctions that apply. So it's not just what Australia does, it's what all of those countries actually do towards other countries and imposing sanctions against both countries, corporations and individuals. They're the ones where there can be a, an unknown breach. Um, and an example on the individuals is an individual might have a sanction put against them. If they're a majority shareholder of a company, that sanction flows through to that company as well. So they're quite broad. So unbeknowing, some clients might breach a sanction without understanding the depth of who owns the companies they're dealing with. So some of that, if people are a bit concerned, it's worth going to that degree of understanding you know, what the exposure could be. Now, we do know we have customers who send goods to sanctioned countries and they are completely authorised to do so. So we're not worried about those ones. It's the mistaken or the unknowing breach that can end up with an uninsured loss and other financial penalties against brokers, customers, insurers as well. Janelle, if our brokers need to talk to someone, 
who should they be contacting at NTI? <laughs> I'll give you your number, Dan. Yeah, please. Um, actually, <laughs> at the moment, the best course of action would be for the broking partners to talk to their state development specialist here at NTI. And our uh, state development specialist would be in contact with the appropriate local marine underwriting expert to be back in contact with the broker to have a detailed conversation. Excellent. That's all we have time for today. Thanks to our special guests, Dan, Andrew, Nigel and Janelle. Thanks for being here. And thank you to all of you for listening to NTI Spotlight. Make sure that you head to nti.com.au to check out all of the podcast episodes in the series. See you next time. For insurance brokers looking to generate a CPD certificate for this episode, please visit partner.nti.com.au forward slash war risk podcast. That URL again is partner.nti.com.au forward slash war risk podcast.